So what is a rule? A rule is exercised unlimited power or authority over an area, a situation, or a circumstance. Let me say it again. A rule is exercised unlimited power or authority over an area, a situation, or circumstance. A rule is having a power and restricted influence towards resistance or opposition. Having a power and, and restricting influence towards resistance or opposition. Rule also is to be a powerful or dominating factor. A powerful or dominating factor. A rule is to be very good. Come on, somebody. To be very good or the best at what you speak or what you do. Tonight, we saw the very best. We saw the rule, the very best of worship as God moved through this house tonight. A rule is engagement. Oh, sorry, those are rules. Engagement is participating or participation, taking a part in, sharing or having involvement in. In associating with the Bible, the Word of God, it means to fight, please hear us, to fight, clash, conf confrontation, conflict, and struggle. And as we've taught here so many times, uh, often and often, we're going to continue until God takes us home, that all truth is parallel. Amen. So what we see taking place in the natural realm first takes place in the spiritual realm. It's parallel. And so we offer this to you tonight, saints, by your own choice, you will be engaging, applying God's rules, his unlimited authority during tonight's service. Amen. So God told me that uh, this afternoon that tonight will be a night for an elevation, Amen. a promotion. An upgrade, a promotion by the Holy Spirit for kingdom purpose and kingdom living in your lives. God's going to do his part with this elevation, but you must do your part as well. The rules of engagement must be applied. And so I want to briefly go over, I'm only going to present about half of what we talked about yesterday on, uh, what's the word, um, on unreserved uh, excuse me, unreserved uh, faith, Un unrestricted faith, excuse me. Excuse me, uncompromising faith. That's right in front of my face. Praise the Lord. So what faith in God will do? Here, Brother Michael, real quick here. So what does a believer do with supernatural gift from God? They put it into action. Here's the question. What will the supernatural gift of faith do for you and through you? Faith will manifest it will produce, bring forth the substances of things that you're hoping for. Faith will produce the evidence of things that you don't see to come to pass. Faith reveals the invisible backing of heaven's power to the elders of faith as eyes are opened through the, eye, the lens of the Holy Spirit. 
Faith brings forth creative power for divine works to become a reality in your lives, creating those things that you ask God for. Faith enables you to speak and act with the word of God, resulting in divine testimonies of the things God's instructing you to do. Faith will override, overrule the natural laws in the earth and produce the supernatural laws of God to come to pass in the lives of his beloved. That's you. Faith is the basis, the foundation of being able to please God. Faith, when applied to the believers, depends upon God's word. Believing his word will not fail them in any circumstance or in any situation. Faith is trust in the promises of God towards you that you are in place to come, that are in place to come to pass in your present and in your future. To the believer in Jesus, faith is calling forth those things that are not as though they should be. Faith is believing to see in the supernatural those things, the activities that cannot be seen with a natural eye and, and then act upon them. Faith is also the assurance of God's faithfulness towards you, knowing that God will never fail you, never forsake you, or never abandon you. Can I get a witness in this house? Amen. Faith brings confidence to, to believe that what you're asking God to do for you, he will do. Faith is a stimulus, an encouragement. It is the, as the Bible describes, it is the unction, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in you as believers in Christ. Is somebody ready? Amen. Are you ready? Yes. Faith is, saints, it's present tense. It's right now. Yes. Faith is right now. Faith is the lifeblood of Jesus that flows through the veins of every born-again son and daughter of God. Faith is the divine breath of God's Ruach HaKadesh, Holy Spirit himself. He who breathes his life giving breath into our mortal bodies. Faith, when applied, will remove mountains, saints. Faith, when applied, will bring down giants. Faith, when applied, will cause any storm to end. And faith, when applied, will destroy strongholds to destroy bondages that they would be broken. Faith will cause the gates of hell to tremble and your enemies to run in fear. Faith, will, when applied, will cause the natural elements of this world to respond to the elements of the supernatural. Yes. Somebody say rules of engagement. Rules of engagement. We're going to apply this concept of faith, the uncompromising faith of God, into tonight's message of rules of engagement. And I'm asking you, please take notes on this. This was a very powerful download from the Father of glory. And I won't keep you long. I make jokes about that. Often, but I won't keep you long. Well, we won't keep you long. Me and the Holy Ghost won't keep you long. So the Old Testament, in Old Testament, a reader will find when the prophets were inspired by God to do as he instructed them to do and to speak as he instructed them to speak, the rules of engagement for kingdom purpose and kingdom living were put into action. The results a demonstration of God's love and power through salvation. Yes. 
to the lives of those who loved him. The parallel or the equivalent of what we're talking about is the, the duplication of, of rules of engagement are witnessed in the lives of kings of Old Testament writings. And without engaging in rules, authority over an area, situation, or circumstance, the kingdoms of those kings would fail. I mean, you know, we have an everlasting king. And his kingdom will never end. Come on, somebody. The rules of engagement in heaven where all of heaven's host of angels operate, function under God's unlimited power and authority to assist in meeting the needs of God's beloved. Now, you're going to have to put your seatbelts on for this, and we're not going to go into a teaching on angels. It's a whole, amen? Listen what the Spirit of God is releasing here tonight because God wants you to engage. He wants you to understand his rules, his government, and how it operates, and he wants you to engage in what he's asking you to do in this earth. God chose every one of you. He's anointed every one of you to be his representative in the earth, that you, as his sons and daughters, become a reflection of his Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer. Can somebody agree with me in the house? The hosts of angels operate and function. The Bible tells us that they are ministering angels. This is where faith comes into action. A ministering angel is a spirit who is believed to look after the needs of a particular person or a group. They're dispensed by God. They're put on assignments to us by God. And then the Bible tells us that we must voice, voice it in faith, knowing that they are ministering angels being sent to minister to us who are the heirs of salvation. Come on, we're the heir, oh, Karaba, we're heirs of salvation. God talks about, the Bible talks about warring angels or princes of heaven's are to help the children of God in extreme dangerous situations. 2 Kings 6.18. In 2 Kings and in Psalms 91, the benefits to humanity when they call up upon and rely upon God for intervention in their lives. They're sent by God. Yes. First and foremost, the believer must go to God, Holy Spirit, and understand that the rules of engagement from God's throne room must be applied first, then asking for the assistance of the angels of host. Holy Spirit lines up with the word of God himself. He comes into compliance with what God says when he dispenses those angels. God will always direct Brother Michael back into the life of Jesus. He takes me back into the gospels when he has an explanation for me. The rules of engagement require participation. And we see as Jesus himself begins to apply the rules of, excuse me, applies the rules of, 
uh, participation here or engaging in the rules of, of participation. Before Jesus ascended into glory to sit at the right hand of his father, Jesus applied the rules of engagement in prayer. Come on. We see what took place as Jesus comes before the, the multitudes that they're coming to hear uh, Jesus speak and, and teach. They come to a, a place in, 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 the, in the land there. And they come and, and Jesus realized they're hungry. And so what did Jesus do? He begins to put the rules of engagement into place. Yes. And with two fishes and five loaves, Jesus begins to engage in prayer. He relies on the Father as he's praying, knowing that as he prays, as he engages in this and begins to bless what he had, God begins to multiply. And in that multiplication, as the rules of engagement are applied in in that, that moment of engagement, over 5,000 men, women, and children are fed with two loaves, excuse me, two fishes and five loaves of bread. In John chapter 6, let's go to the screen. I know this is a long scripture, but we're going to do it anyway. Praise the Lord. Can I get your permission? If you say no, I'm going to do it anyway. John 6, 1 through 14, please. Uh, read along as, as I, I read this here. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is at the Sea of Tiberias. And after these things, oh, excuse me. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up to a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and he saw the great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Hence what shall we buy bread and that they may eat? And he said, to prove him, for he, Jesus, knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there's a lad here which has five barely loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a vision here. Uh, hallelujah. Saints, stay with us here. The praise went up. Yes. The worship went up. Yes. The anointing has come down. And right now here is a river passing through this sanctuary right now. Yes. A river of life. Are you ready to yes. step into it? Yes. Verse 9, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they amongst so many? And Jesus says, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sit down in numbers of about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. And the disciples said to them, where do we sit down? And likewise of the fish, as many as they would. In Jesus' engagement, putting the rules, the effects of prayer into effect, this is what the Bible says. And they were filled Amen. with two fishes and five loaves. Over 5,000 were fed. Yes. And he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. There will always be an overflow 
when you call upon God, when you engage in God's rules, there will always, he will always bring an overflow, an abundance into your lives that will carry you into the next day, the next week, come on, the next month, the next season as God takes you into. There was always an overflow. There's always an abundance. When rules of engagement are applied, the results are, are cause and effect. Miracles that follow with signs and wonders. When you engage, when you put rules of engagement according to the word of God in effect, you'll see miracle signs and wonders follow you. We see, this, we see the same thing with the woman caught in adultery in John 8. We see it in John 11 where the raising of Lazarus. We also see in that historical moment in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost when, when the rules of engagement were applied, the manifestation of God's glory showed up every time. I want to tell you today, God's asking you to step into this moment. Step into the, ask him to take you to step into the, the realms of glory where you begin to see as God sees, hear as God speaks, and do what God is asking you to do without limitation, without restriction, without doubt and unbelief. There truly is a move of the Holy Spirit now upon the earth, not just in San Jose, California, but upon the earth, a demonstration of God's power and glory touching the hearts and the minds of men, women, and children. The harvest is ripe. And all the laborers are few. God is still moving. And multitudes are, are coming into the kingdom of God. Amen. God asks us to apply the rules of engagement in 2023. As we step into this, we're going to, to step into the, the understanding and we're going to teach on spiritual warfare. Why? Because that's what we're engaged in. It's a purpose is for the expansion of the ministry of the Holy Spirit here at Genesis Uproom Church. And God promises that as we take place, as we pursue, as we go after this, and we engage in heaven's rules of engagement for advancement, not only as a ministry team, but in our personal lives for kingdom purpose and kingdom living. Amen. Come on, saints. Amen. Listen what God, and you're going to get involved tonight. If you, you decide, we can't twist your arm, but I'll come after you. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to the screen. This, this application in, in the scriptures here, we see how Jesus inspired his disciples and talked to them and, and uh, in, encouraged them to, to, to step into these, these opportunities to engage, engage with what heaven had to offer them. And it's no different as it is for us today. There's an expectancy from God that as we read his word, we get alone. We get into that, that place as the, the worship came forth in that secret place with God to get along with him. Come on, to have intimacy with him, to hear what he's saying, what he's asking you to do personally. Where you would be the reflection of Christ on the earth, where God will use you to to reveal, uh, his, reveal the kingdom of heaven in the earth. So in this dialogue, it, it's, it's just we're, God's asking us to step into 2023 to uh, come to an understanding of how, how powerful and how great spiritual warfare is. Yes. Yes. 
how beneficial it is for us, not only individually, but to the body of Christ. God's given us many weapons. We've we heard it tonight. Worship is a weapon for warfare. Yes. Praise is a, wor- is a weapon for, for warfare. Your physical dance in the presence of the Lord. It is a weapon for warfare. In Matthew 16, 18, we've used the scripture time and time again. And it is a reality of how things are in the earth because it's the reality of how things are in the spirit. In Matthew 16, 18, excuse me, 16, 13. Now, when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, listen to the dialogue here, please, saints. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation in this. Who do the, Jesus says, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or just one of the prophets. But Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter, getting a little dose of the Holy Ghost, he says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus' response to him was, blessed, happy, spiritually secure, oh, somebody, spiritually secure, favored by God, you are Simon, son of Jonah. Because flesh and blood, mortal man did not reveal this to you. But my father who is in heaven... I say to you that you are Peter. We broke this down. Instead, it's not up on the screen, but we broke this down. He says, you are Peter. Jesus talking to Peter. You are Peter, a small or detached stone. And upon this rock, Jesus referring to himself as Petrock, a bedrock or a huge rock. Speaking of himself, Jesus says, I will build my church Here we see the rules of engagement taking place. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Death will not prevail over or overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. 19, he says, I will give you the keys. Somebody, please, I I just need for one, know that one person's getting this. I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven. I got to talk to daddy here for just a minute. I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare unlawful on earth will have already been loosed. Loosed in heaven. So what is Jesus saying? So when the enemy comes with an assignment against your physical body, when he's coming against your mind, when he's coming against the loved one, when he gets his face in your face or he tries to put something on you, bring an affliction or sickness or disease, what does Jesus say? Whatever you find unlawful on the earth is already found unlawful in heaven. So what you bind on earth will already be bound in heaven. These are the rules of engagement. For warfare practices, 
not just today, but for tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next month, until Jesus returns. Rules of engagement. This is where the supernatural gift of faith that is in you can and must be applied into every circumstance, every situation, no matter how small or how large. And I'm really, I throw this out here tonight. Whatever the, whatever the office God has called you into, whether you be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, preacher, or teacher, whatever the office, God will engage with you. He calls you into that office and he expects you to operate and function in these rules of engagement to reveal his glory in the earth, to be a witness to those who do not yet know him. In the beginning of the early church, Jesus' disciples put into action, they engaged in God's rule rule for expansion because they heard and saw the power of faith in Jesus. And as they were witnesses to the power of faith in Christ, they too began to engage in heaven's authority. We spoke this time and time again, and we'll do it again and again. Saints, you need to know that when you pray, when you call upon God and you begin to pray, and your prayers are released, angels are dispatched on your behalf. Ministering angels, warring angels, saying that all of heaven is backing you. When God asks you to do something for him. The result, miracle signs and wonders follow them because they believed in how they saw Jesus operate. How he too engaged in heaven's authority by casting out devils, opening blind eyes and ears, causing the lame to walk, raising the dead as somebody in the house, praying for food to multiply and inspiring others to operate with the faith of God. So, if you want to talk to me after the service uh, on this portion, I'll be more than happy to talk with you. I'll give you two minutes. (laughs) Okay. Carababosa. Okay. This is not, well, maybe it is going to ruffle your feathers, but you'll get over it. Satan, Belial, Satan who's known as Belial, the fallen angels of Leviathan, Ahab, Jezebel, and the other rulers of darkness know how effective the rules of engagement are. And they use them to come against you, to come against me, to come against the ecclesia and the body of Christ as a whole. But I got a good word. We have a sure word of prophecy. The kingdoms of darkness and their kings know how effective the organization of heaven is when heaven's rules of engagement are put into play. Satan, before his rebellion, observed observed the organization of heaven's council. He was there. He saw how effective God organized heaven, not the heavenlies, the heavens, where everything that God created and as, as was functioning as a whole with organizations or as an organization. 
He knew that if he could convince a multitude of angels with a lie, he would be able to rule as one greater than God. But you all know the results. God saw, heard what, what, uh, what uh, Satan was doing. God says, you're going down. You're not going to be able to do what you think you're going to be able to do. You're going to raise, a, a, raise a, a, a throne above me. God says, it's not going to happen. And so you all know the story. In this conversation with the enemy, Jesus says, as beautiful as I've created you, and as, as beautifully as I exalted you, and gave you the ability to use a tool to worship me. You think you're going to defile that which is perfect? And God says, absolutely not. Zap. And God takes them down. Saints, during the last two days, God's revealed this truth by faith that is so powerful, it cannot be understood in one day, one week, or, or even a month. So God's going to proceed here tonight to work in you and work through you. Yes. To comprehend, to understand, to make sense, the believer's response to God's prophetic direction. Hear, hear this tonight. His clarion call, a call to action, to separate themselves with seasons of intimacy, asking the spirit of wisdom and counsel for revelation. To bring light, understanding to God's power, gift, to supernatural faith. How is and how it can and must be applied in every area of the believer's life. Amen? Amen. 